Welcome to NPPA's Visual Voice Podcast, brought to you by News Photographer Magazine. This is only our second episode, so for this show I have a co-host who's going to explain the podcast's origin and our hopes and dreams for its future. She is also going to stick around and join me during the interview with our guest, TV broadcast photog and funny man, Stuart Pittman, who will share with us his own origin regarding his alter ego, Lenslinger. I am your host, Lori King, and with me via Zoom are Stuart and news photographer magazine editor, Sue Morrow. If you don't know who Sue is, she's an accomplished picture editor, photojournalist, filmmaker, and current board member and faculty of the Kalish Visual Storytelling Workshop. Sue was the assistant director of multimedia at the Sacramento Bee before taking the magazine reins from Tom Burton, who is now an associate professor of the practice in the Department of Communication and Journalism at Texas A&M. Lori, thank you so much. This is this is fun. I'm so glad that we are on this adventure together. I'm, I'm very excited for this. There is a fun fact about the previous news photographer editor, who is Tom Burton. Tom Burton left the magazine in 2018 to do a night fellowship at Ohio University's School of Visual Communication. And I was the former night fellow at Ohio University in 2010 and 11. So both of us are Bobcats. So uh, you've been at the helm of news photographers since 2018 and currently knee deep in getting out the best of photojournalism book, which should be hitting the stand soon. So thank you for taking a break from all you do to co-host the episode with me, which is about injecting much needed industry humor into our post-traumatic news disorder brains. But first, let's go down history lane for a moment. According to a recent article on Descript.com, the very first idea of a podcast was actually an RSS feed invented only 21 years ago by a software engineer for a New York Times reporter and public radio host so he could post his audio interviews on his blog. Then a year later in 2004, that engineer, David Weiner, and MTV VJ Adam Curry, aka the godfather of podcasts, created iPodder so people could download audio shows on their iPods. Thus, podcasts are named after the iPod MP3 player. In conclusion of this brief history lesson, podcast is actually a smash-up of iPod and broadcast. And here we are, the visual voice debuts 20 years later. I mean, how cool is that? So let's talk about NPPA's newest venture, the visual voice. Thank you, Sue, for making it happen. Uh, You've been the magazine editor for a few years now. Did you ever imagine that we'd be adding audio to the mix? Actually, when I took this job uh, a little over five years ago, um, adding audio was something that I immediately wanted to do. And uh, it just didn't happen until now. I became familiar with you. You have written for News Photographer Magazine uh, for me and for previous editors, Tom Burton and Donald Winslow. It, you know, things happen when they're supposed to happen. And so here we are today. And I'm so glad, you know, it kind of came about when I had the story kind of drop in my lap. I, I learned that Kaina Zamaria at the Washington Post would love to talk about the story that she worked on with uh, Nick Kirkpatrick uh, called Terror on Repeat. And I called and asked you if you could write that for me, for the magazine. And turns out you and I kind of had a light bulb moment. And we said, wait a minute, this is probably 
a podcast. And so there it was. <laughs> and you made it happen because you are well-versed in how to make these things happen. You are a person of action. And uh, so here we are. So thank you so much for that. I mean, they've already had the images and the writing and a third medium, I think, was called for. For future podcasts, uh, we aim to do these monthly. And we aim to get these on most or all podcast platforms. Currently, it's on Spotify and RSS, working on getting it on Apple Podcasts. We're going to look at all kinds of topics. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk deeply about things. Uh, we have a lot of ethics in our profession right now that we really have to address with AI and how we handle it across many, many circumstances. I would love to get some advocacy conversations with Mickey and Alicia, our attorneys with the NPPA. I'm looking forward to doing all kinds of things, and we are open for topics. So if you have ideas and wish to drop me a line, see our contact information in the podcast description. Thank you, Sue. It's time to introduce our guest, self-described news junkie and podcast fan, Stuart Pittman, who has been delving into the dark arts of TV news photojournalism since 1989 as a cub reporter at WNCT-TV in North Carolina. You are now the chief photographer of Queen City News at WJZY-TV, a Fox affiliate yes. in Charlotte, where you manage about 15 photojournalists. But it's your writing that has caught our attention. Uh, particularly your steady stream of humor and invective on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram threads. You know, I had to look up the word invective. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great word. It's a great word. What's invective mean? Uh, uh, you know, I'm sort of spitballing here, but invective means um, sort of a harsh critique, uh, humor draped, maybe a, a sarcastic message draped in, in, in something maybe sarcastic. Hard feelings um, expressed diplomatically. Sounds about right. It's quite obvious your experience behind the lens uh, gives you the fodder for lens slinger. In fact, your description on X is quite apt. Pithy dispatches from the thinking man's photog. Yes, I have described my output like that for about 20 years, and it, it just seems to fit. I've considered changing it or revising it, but that basically boiled down as is what I am and what I'm doing. And it's a pleasure to be here and talk about it. I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> Stuart, thanks for being with us today. You wrote for the magazine a few years ago, and I really, truly enjoyed your humor. So read us some of your, your pithy stuff from what you post on social media. It comes from your voice. It'll be great to hear you say what you write. Oh, I hope it will. Who knows how these things translate, but... Well, yeah, every day I, I put out about um, three to five tweets on a good day, um, all based around TV news and just the experience of life as a news crew. Uh, they're very photog-centric, but let's start with one or two here. Totally chosen at random. He came to work dressed only in lanyards. Finally, he nat-packed a houseplant, handheld. Some of these uh, are very uh, interior and um, are the kind of things that people within our job will understand more than others. Very much inside baseball. And I sometimes struggle with that. I try to keep it broader where uh, people outside the business can um, attach to it and enjoy it. But sometimes the vernacular gets me. 
Some of y'all have never worked all day to make a person you don't like very much look like an expert on a subject neither of you know much about, and it shows. All late December, that time of year when anchors go on vacation, managers work half days, and news crews rotate between house fires, the airport, and whatever parade the newsroom didn't plan to cover until the last minute. Just head on over. I'm sure traffic won't be a problem. Here's another. How prepared am I for breaking news? Should Sasquatch want to hold a presser, I already know how I'd feather his fur light. Need to stage a telethon? My karaoke machine goes all the way to 11. Bunch of goats fall in a hole? No sweat. I got a GoPro that already smells funny. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Couple more. Love means never having to explain why you suddenly have to work a 13-hour day because the world is on fire and you have to videotape all of it so that total strangers can switch channels a few times before going back to staring at their phones. Put my dinner in the fridge. This is painful for me. Um, the TV news camera is both weapon and shield. Instrument of empathy one moment, revealer of truth the next. A passport to adventure and virtual assurance of a safe return. Still, careful where you whip one out. Also, fifth graders are vicious. I think they put gum in my hair. I think some of them are, are, are better read than heard. I ask all the photogs on my staff to dress up for Halloween. What a turnout. There was a bounty hunter, a landscaper, a Y2K prepper, a longshoreman, and a transient. One guy even looked like a lighthouse keeper. I just wish they'd worn costumes. <laughs> um, you know, some are funnier than others. Um, I got, but, but I got two more. So, you really want me to drive that aging news hoopty up some burning mountain pass? Dodge wombats and flatbeds through endless hairpin turns as my reporter checks her Insta? Find a crumbling, smoky shoulder and plant a tripod in the name of news? Yeah, I can do that. Again. Finally, this is not funny so much, but it's, it's something I believe in. Careful where you point that TV camera. It just might go off. Next thing you know, you're underneath the damn thing, bending body and soul so that it might have a better view. First, it's kind of fun, but the fruitless minutia that passes through your glass coagulates until the clot catches and it all explodes. A splattering mass of golden shovels, fast food bags, and shrieking divas, all clamoring for the pile of goo that used to be you, a quivering id that can only stare obediently at a tiny, unforgiving screen. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. So a lot of it is um, just the kind of thing that comes out of my head and the stuff that's in my head is based on 30 plus years of local TV news and all that that entails. And I try to keep a sharp focus. I know that most of the people reading it are in the TV news industry. Uh, I want it to resonate with them. The highest compliment I get is when someone tells me that they, they agree and understand and get where I'm coming from and maybe said something they were thinking. So that's, that's sort of what I'm aiming for. And sometimes I reach it. Sometimes it comes out funny. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's, it's become very satisfying for me somehow. Well, you've attracted quite a loyal readership from across the globe, including industry insiders who profess to find resonance in your work because they can relate to most of what you're quibbing about. I mean, I'm not in TV news, but I still understand what you're talking about. 
Uh, can sure. you take us back to that point in your life when you first sensed the implications of emerging media and thought you just might have something to say about it? How did you come up with that concept? And how did you come up with the name Lenslinger? Well, let's go back a bit before the Internet was even an idea. Um, I, I sort of stumbled into TV news with, without any qualifications or training or school, and I took to it readily. And I realized that I was at my heart a photog. Now, I'm a photog who can write his own package and edit it and front it if I have to. And for a few years, I played the part of an on-air TV reporter, small market, one-man band, do-it-all TV reporter. After a while, I realized that that wasn't my heart and soul. I was a photog. I wanted to get behind the camera and shoot all the pictures and edit it and put it all together. Writing my own scripts has benefited me greatly uh, over the years, but I never made it back to full-blown TV reporter. I was always that weirdo photog who wrote his own scripts. So when the internet came along and there were suddenly all these new avenues for expression and, and, and writing and humor and a thousand niches, um, I, I knew immediately that I had something to say. You know, back uh, in, in the late 1990s when suddenly everyone had a laptop computer or, or a home computer, uh, I, I started writing for the first time in my life something I realized I had been preparing for all my life. And after then about 15 years in TV news, God, did I have the material. So um, I began to write long form stories, put a blog together back when blogs were a brand new revolutionary thing. This was in the same time as, as the advent of, of the industry message board. And uh, B-roll.net was getting quite a bit of traction among local TV news photogs, network photogs, freelancers, mostly local. And I just fell in love with that TV news message board. And when it came time to begin contributing, uh, I had to come up with a username. And I sat there in my little home office, my little man room, and the Lenslinger just popped in my head. Uh, and I knew immediately that it personified everything I wanted it to, to do. It, within three syllables, it describes what I am, what the character is, what, uh, what the point of view is. It, I just felt that in three syllables, it said so much. Um, the name itself may have had something to do with Stephen King's Dark Tower series, which was um, on my bookshelf at the time. Um, the Dark Tower series, of course, features the mysterious gunslinger. And while I'm not a gun guy, I am a camera guy. So Linslinger just sort of popped in my head, and, and I recognized immediately that it was something to build on. And in the past 20 years, I have sporadically built it into really much of nothing but a lot of self-amusement. Um, I had a blog for about five years, and I just sort of tapered off of that. I got into uh, Twitter and, and Facebook, and I realized that, that the very brevity required for something like Twitter um, compelled me to write shorter and to write tighter. And um, that has been a great benefit of me to me, so much so that now I don't know that I can even write long form. Everything comes out in these 280 character blurbs, but that's pretty much been what has... Um, attracted some some readership and a lot of connections, as you said, and just a lot of great feedback to me personally from people I don't know all over this business who have reached out to me and said some very nice things. And for the photog who is by nature the second banana uh, to everything in life, it's awfully nice to get that that kind of feedback. It was actually back in 2004 when you created your blog called Viewfinder, uh, Viewfinder Blues. Blues, which is not yes. surprisingly pretty witty. Even your blog bio is hilarious and smacks of 
friendly sarcasm. Let's do an excerpt from your bio. Uh, can you read the first paragraph of it? Upon stumbling into his first TV station in late 1989, Stuart Pittman began his journey to the fifth estate. Studio production work soon left him sleepy and bored, so he took a job in creative services down the hall and began shooting criminally bad local commercials. There he would have remained, had it not been for an unlikely hostage incident, a prolonged police standoff that Pittman watched through the lens of his very first beta cam. A news junkie was born. From there, Pittman delved into the dark arts of TV news photojournalism, learning every facet of the lens and the communities it reflected. Soon, he even stepped in front of the camera, the latest in a long line of reporter-photographer one-man bands. Fame and fortune did not follow, but Stewart learned more from the mean streets of small market TV than from any of those communication classes he never bothered to attend. Hurricanes, homicides, and a thousand groundbreakings followed until the young man once so in love with the TV news business did the unthinkable. He took a job in promotions. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's funny. It's true. Um, it is that is all true. I assure you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I did take a job in promotions and spent about three years cranking out just absolute drag, both commercials and station promotions, until I ran into someone I couldn't no longer work for, and that was a real blessing because I just upped and moved markets and moved up to a bigger market and really, really learned a lot there. So it's a it's a strange story. It's not an uncommon story. Guy talks his way into a TV station finds his people, finds his passion, doesn't let go. 30 years pass, and here I am. Are you capable of writing anything without adding humor to the equation? I hope so. Uh, I'm working on a memoir, and my goal is for it to be funny, smart, and a little sad. And I think if you can hit all three of those, that's the breadth of the human experience. I'm not so much trying to be funny. It just comes out that way. Uh, I, I come from a long line of, of funny people. I'm more clever than funny, but I am gratified that it comes out funny because that's probably who I am and, 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 and I want my true voice to be out there. I don't think I can write anything without putting my spin on it. Otherwise, what would be the use? You said during our earlier conversation that you believe in feeding it because it's free therapy for you. I'm assuming you mean feeding the beast that is Lenslinger. What did you mean by that? I think that at the end of the day, I'm a writer. I don't know that I'm a great writer, but I know that I'm a writer. Lenslinger is just how it came out. I, I, I grew up a voracious reader. I have a, an unbridled, hunkering lust for language. I'm, I'm, I'm a deeply seated word nerd. My brain thinks in words and sentences and phrases and clauses and all that. And by, by not feeding this thing that I have formulated would be to deny my true self. And I know that's getting all metaphysical, but it's just who I am. It's how I'm designed. If, if I didn't feed it, I would regret it. I don't know that it's taking me any place in particularly special, but it is made for a happier me. It, it's a great outlet. With all the content you're creating, you said you're trying to strike a universal chord. Um, because you know there are photogs out there who speak your language, and I speak your language, and Sue speaks your language, so I just love that. What's next for Lenslinger? A book of collective invectives, perhaps? I would love to do all that. You know, I would, I would love to uh, somehow publish a collection 
of what I've written so far. I've got uh, one third of a memoir written, which is the most important thing I want to write. I love podcasts. I'm, I'm a podcast addict. I would love to do a podcast. What I lack is what a lot of people lack, and that is a lack of focus. I have all kinds of dreams, but without the hard work, those dreams don't happen. So I'm really at something of a, of a crossroads right now in that I've probably taken the Twitter feed and, and the Facebook stuff as far as it's going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm in fear of, of repeating myself. Uh, I basically need a good editor. I'm going to figure something out. If they don't have a copy of my memoir to throw in my casket, I have messed up because I have had such access to such calamity and pageantry and crazy stuff within my career. If I'm a writer, I've got all the material in the world just from what I've witnessed with a TV news camera on my shoulder. So I'm still struggling with, with how to channel that. But all I know is, is to keep feeding that beast and, and to keep to keep trying. Uh, the benefits of it, they're not very tangible, but they certainly feel good. But if I may say something on, on, on humor on the job, as far as how it relates to TV news, I think it's integral. And, and you can't talk about humor on the job in TV news without paying a little tribute, bear me, uh, hear, hear me out, to Chris Elliott, who played Larry the TV news photog in the movie Groundhog Day. Like it or not, he pretty much nailed it. Larry the photog in Groundhog Day was schlubby, sardonic, a bit of a sad sack. That's fairly accurate of the photogs I know, and, and I'm not, I don't want to paint a broad brush, but he nailed the epitome of, of the darkly sarcastic uh, TV news photog. And I only mention that because that's a real basis for the frame of humor I started with. I always kept him in mind. You know, t I said before, TV news photogs are, are by nature second bananas. We're, we're these lesser dressed technicians paired up with a far flashier on-air partner. And it's an underdog position. Uh, we're a peripheral figure with the very best view. And very often, the person with the camera on their shoulder is that deadpan every man or, or every woman. That's a wonderful place and a very natural place for humor to erupt, a very often dark humor. And, and it's the same vein of humor you'll find among first responders. It, it, it's a coping mechanism from, from seeing too much bad stuff and good stuff. As, as a photog, the access we have to other people's lives, both on their worst days and and greatest days, you know, gives us endless things to think about, let alone tweet. Even though I've, I've, I've painted photogs as, as these sarcastic sad sacks, you know, that's, that's not entirely true. The, uh, some of that exists um, just by nature of who seems to gather to our craft. But I know photogs who are incredible musicians and gifted illustrators and, and amateur astronomers and shade tree mechanics and absolutely brilliant people. Um, and I don't want to sell them short. People who end up with a TV camera on their shoulder are often very fascinating, you know, part plumber, part poet, as the old saying goes. They're born storytellers. Some of the best stories I've ever heard told were done so well on the side of the road as news crews stood around waiting to get sound. That's where you hear the good stuff. And, and, and what I'm doing online hopefully mimics that and resonates with those news crews who might read it from afar. Well said. And I also have another rule that I live by, and, and I teach my children this. As far as why I'm, why I'm doing it and why I'm sticking with it, is I teach my children, if you cannot make someone else laugh and brighten their day, by all means, amuse yourself. Humor has gotten me through a lot of dark times, and it is the horse I rode in on and the horse I'm going to ride out on. 
and I greatly enjoy hopefully bringing some levity to those people, you know, just uh, doom scrolling on their phones at a, at a news event. Stuart, on New Year's Day, you posted something with a visual photograph. It made me LOL. <laughs> Can you describe the scene and when you walked into it, what hit you? Because the way the way I responded to it was laughter and then empathy for what the photograph was and what you said. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I can. And, and though I don't have the tweet in front of me and, and don't remember the, the, the exact verbiage, it, it was based on that, that age-old thing, which I'm not sure really goes on anymore as much as it did, and that's sending the local news photographer to the hospital to get video of the, of the first baby born on New Year's Day. That's often a, a mother who has given birth at like 12.01, you know, just one minute after midnight. You know, she's enjoying the birth of her brand new baby. And six hours later, three dusty people from who knows where trundle into her uh, hospital room and stick cameras six inches from her newborn. To hear it described, I can't believe that thing, that kind of thing ever even happens. But I've done that easily a half dozen times. And it's it's always a fairly pleasant event. New Year's Day is a, is a slow news day. So you can count that kind of thing happening. I'm sure now they just send pictures over the web. But for the longest time, that was one more ludicrous hallmark of working in local news. If you work New Year's Day, you had a pretty good chance of ending up in a hospital room with a with a brand new sleep deprived mother and her brand new baby. With two news cameras hovering over six inches from their faces. You know, and what you wrote that day and what you posted the photograph, the photograph was funny, but what you wrote had empathy for that new mom. So it was it was touching. Thank you. I'm looking at the picture now, and it's actually a very well posed image of a loving mother swaddling her newborn with two photogs, one TV, and the other appears to be a newspaper reporter because he's shooting with what looks like a small Sony vlog camera. Anyway, they're both hovering over her hospital bed and documenting the annual first baby of the year picture, which I have shot at least a half a dozen times as well. So here is what you said. You know, the very idea of trundling three dusty TV news photographers into a hospital room so that they can hover over an exhausted mother and her New Year's Day baby is really pretty ludicrous. But I swear, I've taken part in such a thing a half a dozen times. Old gig, ours. Well, you know, that touches on one point that I did want to make. Um, you know, the Linslinger is, 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 is dripping in sarcasm, and I mean every word of it. But if, if I'm going to turn my eye or my critical eye on anybody, I want it to be those of us in the business. I want to, I want, I want to point out the ludicrous nature and habits of our jobs. I don't want to make fun of that groggy mom. Uh, I don't really want to make fun of people who are just there living their lives. So know that if I'm going to take a cheap shot or make fun of anybody, it's going to be someone on this side of the media because I think that's only fair. For yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, by all means. Um, Every, every mistake that I talk about happening, you know, the um, arriving to the traffic accident without your news camera, I've done that. Who hadn't done that? Wearing a, a, a crazy, loud, red Hawaiian shirt to a, to a tent city council meeting, I've done that. I've, I've made every mistake in the book, and, 
as I've talked to other news crews, I've learned those are universal things that happen to everybody. And so that's that's easy, low hanging fruit to uh, to write a riff about. I think a lot of photojournalists, we have sometimes inappropriate humor in times of tragedy, just because, sure. like you said, it is it is a way of coping with. Uh, Stuart, you hit on it uh, earlier. Our profession, I think many of our stressful moments are very dark, and sometimes dark humor is the way through those times. Um, healthcare workers, having been one a long time ago, boy, dark humor was there too. And I think that that's how we push through those difficult situations. And a lot of people outside of our professions don't understand that sometimes. So it is very inside baseball, but it's very appreciative when we can, it's kind of a venting in a way. Sure, sure. I have a brother who's a retired paramedic and whew, that humor is dark. And I get it. I mean, they, you know, my brother spent 30 years picking people up off the road. At some point, you're going to look at that through some sort of lens other than just the reality of what you see. You know, humor is very much a salve. Uh, if, if, if I didn't have humor, I, I wouldn't be a very healthy individual. And, um, and some of the funniest people I've met have had a camera on their shoulder. You know, photogs, uh, TV camera people uh, don't get the credit we deserve because I've met so many just hilarious wise, brilliant people who don't talk or write for a living, but they're great people to hang out with. And, and I've learned a lot from them over the years. And, and I'm really trying to do them justice by trading the kind of war stories and, and experiences that you might hear while gathered at a new scene waiting for something to happen. Yeah. If you put a hot mic on any of us during a tragic accident or scene that we've been to, uh, the average yeah. person would be deeply offended from how we respond to these things. And we don't mean them internally, but it's, it's just a way to cope with the, the death and dying and hate that, that is a part of our lives. That humor comes in just as handy uh, at the incredibly mundane stories. Uh, and, and, and much of news gathering is waiting, loitering. There's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of drudgery. I can't tell you how many times I have personally done the story on preparing your home for hot weather or cold weather, where I meet an appliance, where I meet a repairman over in the house and run him through his faces and shoot video of that and try to make that interesting. You, know, you do enough pothole stories, you better find somebody to laugh at it. Otherwise, it's going to be a very long day. So it's not just a humor in the face of tragedy. A lot of it is 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 just humor in the face of boredom <laughs> i hate to say it's an odd job that <laughs> it is an odd job but if i may it has been so good to me i come from from an uneducated rather unsophisticated background and i as, as a young man i stumbled into a, into a tv station without a clue i had a lot of potential but i did not have a clue as to what to do TV news was the first thing I was good at. And that's probably why I'm still doing it, because there's not that many things I'm good at. In the past 30 years, solely because I've had a TV camera on my shoulder, I've tasted hurricanes. I've hung out of hot air balloons. I've chased up, jacked up cadaver dogs down ditch banks. I've shared air with every sitting president since Ronald Reagan. I've choked on tear gas not meant for me. I've floated through an ocean of drowned cattle. I've chewed the fat with household names, rock stars, celebrities, movie stars. I've babysat grave diggings. 
I've had flashbangs thrown at me. I've loitered outside a thousand homicides and sat through more city council meetings than a man should be allowed. And for someone who was looking for something to write about, that's the gift that keeps on giving. And you've just gave that gift to us. I'll say. Well, I don't know how much it's worth, but it's what comes out of my head, and I greatly enjoy sharing it. And the internet has been a boon to that. I've so enjoyed uh, working in television before the internet and after the internet. It's been a real education, and I love all that stuff. So I'm a I'm a compulsive communicator, as you can probably tell. Is there anything else you would like to add, Stuart, that we haven't talked about today? As far as the craft of TV news changing, it, it's incredible. The production level is quite literally through the roof, with drones and DSLRs and GoPros and phones and all the many tools you have in the field besides your TV camera. The editing prowess of this current generation is incredible. It, it truly is. I, I, I have some young people working at my station who do some incredible stuff and I can't figure out how they do. You know, I, I come from a one camera, one microphone background of TV news. Even though we're making some really profound work, the impact we're making is, is, is less than ever. You know, with the TV media multiverse, local news TV stations just don't get the eyeballs they used to. And it's ironic to me that, that, that we're doing some of the highest quality, most almost occasionally profound work, and it's not getting the audience that it used to. And that's another discussion, but it, it's an awfully interesting profession to examine. I, I think about the, the buggy whip makers right before the uh, advent of, of, of a car. Um, we work in a craft that is, I, don't, I won't say it is dying, but it is changing and, and, and it's folding within itself. And, and I'm curious as to what it will be like 25 years from now when I'm just ahead in the jar. Well, thanks for the laughs, Stuart. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Sumaro and Stuart Pittman, a.k.a. Lenslinger, for joining me on NPPA's Visual Voice podcast. Stuart, we appreciate all you do for visual journalism. Our community is better because of you. You are a phenomenal and amazing writer and storyteller. You're funny, sarcastically sharp, and there's no doubt we need humor to feed our souls, especially in our business from day to day. We are your host, Sue Morrow. Lori King, and we thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this Visual Voice podcast, which is a production of NPPA's News Photographer magazine. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find our podcast on Spotify or wherever you like to listen. Keep an F2.8 mind, everybody.